it's time for another edition of your favorite Packer podcast, the Lockdown Corner podcast, that is. I am your host. This is the second leg of our Lockdown Corner double feature tonight. This is the Lockdown Corner podcast, and where you can find that is Instagram. Now on Instagram at Lockdown Corner Pod, as you can see below if you're watching. Oh, yeah. We're doing plugs tonight before we get into all – we've missed two games here, so we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, YouTube channel, it's popping over there. we got a hype video that you haven't seen. And I know you haven't seen because the numbers aren't where they were last year when we made a hype video. So go check that out. That's really fun. Uh, speaking of, Dustin, I guess we could do a little nerd corner before we start. Uh, speaking of Logan, because that hype trailer is in the style of the movie Logan, the trailer for that. Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine. I'm so happy. Let's go. I was not expecting that at all. I really well, was not. I texted you that because I was just I was making in the process of making dinner, and I'm scrolling through Facebook. All of a sudden, I see Ryan Reynolds announces Hugh Jackman back. What? I was so happy. Alec, do you have an opinion on Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? Yeah, it's weird to me that Dustin even knew about this. I mean, the first time that me and him watched Deadpool together, he was just torn apart he's like i don't know this is a little bit too obscene for me it's not really my style i like them right down the middle i don't like all these curveballs and all these what's it has it's and all that you know big so, captain america fan <laughs> he is a huge cap guy <laughs> no cap huge cap but huge anyway, cap. you know i am excited for this hugh jackman news man it's gonna be a great deadpool 3 I will be counting down the days, even though it's not for another two years, but I am also jacked. Uh, but anyway, side note. Um, so, yeah, lock, that's the YouTube channel. Find our hype trailer there. Uh, or hype. Well, I guess it is a hype trailer. Uh, and then on Twitter, Alec has taken over our Twitter account and is crushing it at that. That is at Corner Lockdown. You can find us there. And obviously Facebook, but I'm assuming you're watching on Facebook because we're also streaming live on Facebook. All right, enough of all the plugs and promos and stuff. We got some games to talk about, so let's just get into it. What just happened? Time to roll back the tape. Here's this week's Game Rewind. All I want to know if you got your popcorn ready. I guess we should have did news and notes, but whatever. We'll sprinkle the news and notes in while we go here. Uh, anyway, so... We got two games to talk about, two dubs, which is what I like to hear, what I like to say, and what I like to hear. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the Bears game. The Bears came to town. You two were at this game. Uh, they take care of business, twenty-seven to ten, and really, outside of one drive, the defense looked pretty dominant. Offense was fine, satisfactory. They probably could have put up more, but I thought that for their first game, where they actually were starting to put stuff together. It looked fine, but you two were there, so you two can start on the analysis of this game. How did it look in person? Well, I'll tell you what, Alex. I, I had an absolute blast. It may have been because the Packers were dominant. It may have been because I had, oh, I don't know, 23 beers. But <laughs> it, it was absolute, absolute electricity factory at Lambeau Field, man. From the flyover in the beginning to – to the end it was just an absolute great environment to be in um it, it really seemed like we were doing whatever we wanted throughout the entire game both on offense and defense and yeah no it was it was a great game to be at dusty what are your thoughts on that bears game oh yeah i'm right behind you i definitely had plenty uh i didn't tell you guys this but like when i went to the bathroom i ended up talking to this guy named jack for probably like an hour not literally but like it felt like an hour about how He's talking about like maybe his name wasn't Jack. We we're talking about Jack Collinsworth. It was uh, Jack Collinsworth's kid, right? No, yeah, it was. I don't even remember the guy's name. Guy was hilarious. So we just started laughing. So yeah, I wasn't far behind you. I had plenty of the drink. Okay, like I I say it was probably like eighteen or nineteen. I'm not even kidding when I say it was almost eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, it was a great time though. Sorry, right. I I forgot that uh, before we started, I have to take because it's a different broadcast setup, so you can loop these sounds clearly. So my bad on that. Anyway, you had beers, and here's a guy in the restaurant. Now here's he, he did that too. No, he's like now here's a guy. But uh, uh, well, Al, here's a guy. <laughs> I like so I'm best and only Collinsworth. That's all I can say. Is Collinsworth. <laughs> Very limited. 
Yeah, but I mean, like what you said, Alec. I mean, it kind of seems like we do whatever, whatever really we wanted. Like everything seemed to be clicking. Defense was played phenomenal that game. I mean, that was probably like we can. We'll wait till the Tampa Bay game, but I, I think this defense is legit. Like legit defense we have here. Like they are no joke. Yeah, and really, it, the Bears game. There was one drive where all of a sudden they just started running the ball, and it was like, well, this is odd. I thought the bad run defense was supposed to be kept in last year. And then all of a sudden, Khalil Herbert started running all over the place. But, again, they only gave up 10 points. And we said this in week one. They only gave up 23 points. If that was a bad showing and they busted coverage and they had no – let's be real. Now that we've seen three games, that first game, their game plan was absolute garbage. It's just – I'm going to throw that game out because they were they clearly were not prepared. Everyone was rusty. And even in the Chicago game, they could have played so much better. They missed they missed tackles. Uh, Campbell was missing tackles. Amos was missing tackles. And then I guess we can move on to the Tampa game here. And, Alec, I saw you shaking your head. I don't know well, if you were. What, I, what, I, what I'm not going to let you do is I'm not going to let you slander my boy, President Devondre Campbell. You're right. My fault. Yeah. Won't happen. That that man deserves to be have a statue right next to the Lombardi statue right out front in, at Lambeau. There, I love Devondre Campbell, man. He's he's one of my favorite Packers. I'm I'm about this close to getting his jersey in that yellow and gold that you got behind you there. I'm about to oh, get yeah. that. Break oh, him. Oh. yeah, that shoulder. Yeah, it's not really breaking news, but they did uh, come out and announce today that they, that they are wearing. Uh, these jerseys, I believe it is against the Jets. So three games from now. Uh, what is that? October 16th, they're going to bust those jerseys out again. So I'm looking forward to those. Those are really cool jerseys. I wish they wore them more. Um, but anyway, oh, my voice is starting to go, boys. This is why <laughs> double header. I can already feel it. Um, so game three against Tampa, I guess we can kind of weave into that because the Bears game, look, for as dominant as they were, kind of a boring game. I don't and the Bear, look, they threw it 11 times. So say what you will. I don't know that you could learn a lot about this team from that game other than, oh, the defense has some juice. Jair, I mean, he pulled his throwing this past Sunday. But he had a nice play. He baited fields and got a pick to end the game. That was cool. Um, but really, the Tampa game, other than it's the latest and greatest and what just happened, I think we learned a lot more from this team about this team in this game. The offense, I think they miss Christian Watson. Whatever you think of Christian Watson at this point, and I, we don't really know a lot about Christian Watson at this point. Didn't play preseason. Obviously, week one had the big drop. And then the Bears game, pretty much a non-factor. And then this past week, didn't play. So we don't really know a lot. But I do think he has value to this team because they at least have somebody who threatens to stretch the field. When you only have Dobbs, Oh boy, I almost Dobbs, Cobbs, <laughs> Lazard, that's and Tanyan and your backs. Like you saw it in the second half, Tampa's like, oh, these guys aren't going deep. Just play everyone up, and then Tampa shut the offense down. It looked pretty simple. Um, and the but the defense came to play. Quay Walker, we didn't say this enough in the Bears game, and he was great in Week One. And quit. I, I want to apologize publicly. I don't have any music to play underneath, a somber music. I hated the pick when they picked it. I apologize because this kid looks legit. He's fast. He's all over the field. Quay Walker actually gets my game ball for this game. I know we don't really have a segment for that, but I'm going to give a game ball to Quay Walker because he was outstanding, forcing fumbles. I just all over the field. I think when he if he continues to trend up, which he is, Campbell and Amos play like they did. Even Savage, I thought, had a good game. He did have the hold at the end of the at the end of the game that gave Tampa the first and goal. But I thought Savage played awesome. If those three guys and the pressure was decent, I mean, especially with these next three games, they got New England with Brian Hoyer most likely. Then they're in London against Danny Dimes, and then they got Zach Wilson at home with the Jets. Like they're definitely winning their next three games if the defense plays like that. Actually, four because then they're in Washington. So that. They got an easy path to four straight wins here if they wanted, if they play like they did. Hey, what what did you guys think about that Nixon that came in after Alexander got hurt? I thought that Nixon played absolutely lights out. 
I mean, yes. for number four, I, it he looked like he could have been a legitimate starter. He, he really did. And, you know, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think that Quay Walker is one of the best young players. Uh, I, I think he's probably one of the best in this last draft class as far as pure talent goes. Yeah. Uh, I, he is as talented as anybody at his position that went in this last year's draft. So um, I appreciate the apology. Um, you know, I am a Quay Walker truther, and uh, I've been I've been running this uh, this this narrative for for God knows how long. You know, I like to hop on 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 trains. Dusty, what do you what do you think about this Nixon guy? What do you think of it? What are you laughing about over there? What's going on over there? Are you okay, sir? <laughs> Nothing. It's just <laughs> I'm just gonna drop it. We're gonna Not keep on <laughs> We're gonna keep on rolling. I'm we are not awesome. gonna say anything. <laughs> but yes, quit. I'm not gonna say nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble if I say anything. But uh, I, I must have missed it because I don't know what you're giggling about. So I I'll tell you. I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. Okay. okay great. Anyways, you're, you're Quay Walker and Nixon played phenomenal last game. They played fantastic. Again, I know I said in our gambling show last week, Al, I said the Packers are going to show up and prove they're an elite defense against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they did exactly that. You did they that. showed They showed everything to be an elite defense by filling holes in the run game, playing great coverage overall. There was a couple lapses here and there, but overall, I mean, it was a great game. I mean, we only give up 12 points to the best quarterback of all time. That's a great game. Like, you cannot – be mad about that at all. Leave with a win. I mean, they played phenomenal. But the only problem I had with the last game was just the offense, just kind of like their creativity after halftime. It just seems like it kind of stopped. It kind of stalled. Because in the first half, they were throwing in motion and kind of getting Jones out wide and getting people getting trying to get numbers. And second half, they just kind of kept running the same thing, and it kind of got predictable. Because you kept seeing that same RPO play where they sent Jones in motion off the side, kind of like it was going to be a screen which it's an RPO, so like really, so there he's looking at the linebackers and seeing what they're doing. If they flow, if they flow to Jones, he gives the ball. If they flow to the run, he throws Aaron Jones quick. They just kept running that same play, and that's what I didn't like. It's grit some creativity, throw some different motions in there, do something else. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I think there's two reasons behind that, really. And number one is Matt Lafleur. I feel like is. I feel like he hasn't shown that he can adjust, right? He, he When he comes out and he has a great game plan, we always light him up in the first half. And then in the second half, after the defense makes adjustments, it seems like we kind of tamper out. Or he comes in with a not-so-great game plan and Rodgers somehow makes, it up, makes up for it or Jones somehow makes up for it. Um, so that's number one. Number two, I feel like this is something that's developing into a problem, and that is that Aaron Rodgers does not seem to trust people that are not proven, right? He gives the ball to four people in my eyes right now. That is Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, A.J. Dillon, and Aaron Jones. This last game, he got it out to Romeo Dobbs more. That's great. I hope we continue to see that. But it feels like anybody else who is on the field, I mean, they just don't even get looks. Yep. We see a lot of replays now where people are running wide open across the middle. People are wide open on their out routes. And Rodgers isn't delivering him the ball. Why? I'm not sure. It might be a mental block. He might be worried about, you know, having inconsistencies out there. However, how are these players going to get better if they aren't being tested? How is the scheme going to work if you aren't going through your reads? I mean, he is Aaron freaking Rodgers, so I assume that he's going to figure it out and we're probably going to win, you know, 12 plus games just because of that alone. But are we missing out on a lot of potential with him not going through those reads? I would like to play a fun game with you guys called Guess Who. Uh, guess Who, through three games, leads the Packers in targets. I'm going to go Aaron Jones. Not Aaron Jones. Romeo Dobbs. You are correct, sir. So, look, Alec, I I was just as shocked you to, as, as you to learn that. And I was shocked that he went to him eight times in that uh, 
in the Tampa game. And you want to know something crazy? Statistically, uh, through people that track this stuff, Romeo Dobbs is a top 10 receiver in separation rate, which is insane to me. Um, so him not trusting his young receivers, at least when you're watching eye test, it sure as hell feels that way. And But, and, you know, Cobb always – Cobb's had a little juice left. I was a little surprised. He's had a couple big plays here in the first couple games. Uh, Lazard, other than puking after scoring a touchdown, looked pretty decent in his return. Nobody uh, really about that, by the way. Uh, it was so damn hot. It well, and what's crazy, and I mean, we can talk about the other games from this past week if you guys want to after we do all this stuff. But even like the Miami Buffalo game, those guys were dying. Stephon Diggs said he had an interview the other day. I was listening to the Levitard show. And he said he had two IVs in him because he was that dehydrated, which I don't know if that's exaggeration or real. But regardless, I think that's the kind of temperatures that were going on in Florida. And now they got the hurricane and they got all that stuff going on too. Um, But so Rogers not trusting his young receivers. It sure feels like it. But the stats say, and even Christian Watson not playing uh, this past game is still like number two or number three in targets. So at least he's trying but the eye test to me tells something's still off. Uh, I was listening to Lockdown Packers, which I did a decent job covering this game. So props to them. Obviously, I think we're awesome, but it's a solid number two. Um, but anyway, he was talking, he had a guy on talking about the two back sets where they have Jones and Dylan on the field at the same time. And yards wise, they're only getting two point, I think it was like five, six yards per play when those two are on the field together, which I don't think is something either one of us or any of us had thought that that would be an issue because they're two of your best players. you got to have them on the field. So I do think that there's there's definitely stuff to work on here. And one thing we haven't touched on yet, they played aggressive the entire game. Dustin, you and I watched this game together. We both sat and just complained like crazy at the end of this game. They, defensively, they played aggressive the entire game. And then they played prevent. And they basically just said, said to Tom Brady, okay, just de- dink and dunk your way down the field. We'll let you play at the 10, and then we'll go from there. Like, they had Russell Gage and I guess Cole Beasley and I guess Scotty Miller. They had no one to throw to, and they were just like, okay, go your five yards. They're not going behind you. And defensively, this has got to clean up. Never again. Please – we need never need to do this again because what you were doing was working. I don't, that's the part I don't understand. And you were talking about adjustments earlier. I a hundred percent agree. I don't think it's adjustment game to game because even defensively, I think you've seen some stuff offensively. You've kind of seen some stuff, but in game adjustments that I haven't seen many great ones. And maybe I just don't know enough about football to be like, Oh, there's a change. But I test and sniff test wise, it just, they don't make in game adjustments as, as of now, or at least impactful ones especially i mean the offense yes they they don't make any adjustments but i don't understand the defense not making adjustments like i hate to go back to week one because it was an absolute bloodbath but when you are constantly being burned in zone defense and Mm -hmm. the and you're playing elite wide receivers who know how to sit in the in the gaps of zones and how to run through zones and find the holes i mean how are you not adjusting and putting your number one on their number one, your number two on their number two? I mean, I could strongly argue that we have the best four, the best one through four corners in the league as far as like talent combined throughout those four. I've never seen a secondary that has four legitimate starters on it besides maybe the Legion of Boom. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Dusty? Yeah, no, I'm I'm right with you on that one. I just thought, you know, it just yeah, it's just creativity between the offense and defense. I guess that's the biggest thing they need to work on. Just making those halftime adjustments, just kind of seeing what they're doing, and realize that they're gonna make they're gonna make adjustments towards you. Like because near the and even near the like the half, you can kind of tell Tampa Bay was starting to make those adjustments towards the Green Bay. It's like okay, it's like you know, what's your answer gonna be? Like, what are you gonna go to halftime talking about? Like, you gotta have an answer. And that was that's I guess that's my biggest question is when are they going to have an answer at halftime? Yeah, uh, look, it's only game three, 
and Tampa defensively is tough. But, I mean, the first half, they if Jones doesn't fumble at the goal line, they're up 21-0, and we're not even having a conversation about why was it a close game. It shouldn't have been a close game. They dominated the entire game. And I think that would be the encouraging thing. Even with the offense kind of sputtering in the second half and not really forcing the issue downfield except for the one play to the Lazard late, they did dominate this game. I know that they had a chance to tie it and go to overtime. The game should never got that. The Packers dominated this game. I guess they're, I mean, offensively, they're kind of a mess. But defensively, that Tampa team is really good. So I can't fault them for only scoring 14 points. But if I would have told you last week, hey, Packers are only going to score 14 points in Tampa, both of you are like, oh, so they lost. They they got to win a tough road win in Tampa with extreme heat conditions. Yeah, it was only 14-12, but really this game wasn't that close. So I, if you want to spin it any positive way, that would be the one I would say, well, was it actually 14-12? It was probably more like 21-12. They definitely left some points out there. And let's not forget, I just want to give this a shout-out because they were so damn bad last year. Special teams was awesome on Sunday. Yeah. It, there was that – it was – Amari Rogers had a big return – and it was a terrible – the guy threw – I don't even remember who it was. The phantom kicker, yeah. Yeah, he threw him into the punter. Oh, ran into the kicker. Well, that negates a 40-yard – I mean, that's a 40-yard swing. And now all of a sudden, you were already in field goal range. Well, now you're taken out of field goal range, and you're back about 30 yards. So there were just a lot of things. And I, I don't want to be blame the refs, guy, especially because we won. But – there were some things that just – this game wasn't close. Don't let the box score fool you. A lot of missed balls. You guys see any of those? I mean, the, that was, was a lot this week. Four or five missed, like, blatant holding calls. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And I, I thought the officiating wasn't great. And, again, I don't want to be blamed the refs guy because both teams got screwed on a couple things. Um, and obviously, as Packer fans, we consume Packer content, so we see all the Packer misses. Uh, but I'm I'm sure that Tampa didn't get some calls there too, because the officiating was subpar in that game. And what I guess whatever we got to win, and that's all really I care about at this point. Um, all right, so that'll do it for our game rewind. I think we've gotten pretty much all of that off the table. I do kind of want to do some top five lists with you guys because we haven't done top five lists in a while. And let me tell you that some of the best content we've created here. I don't really help me out. Top five. Would you do top five most impressive young QBs? Would you rather do that list? I'll give you to the option or top five surprises so far. Let's go surprises. Yeah, that's going to be easier. All right, cool. Who wants to start? Top five list. I'll get the Sounders ready. Alec, lead us off. What do you have? Where's the Sounders? We're ready. All right. So after everything, you could just keep going, but I'm going to play it. Unless I disagree with you, which I won't because it's your list. I just wanted to play that sound effect. There's... I haven't played a lot of – we got new sound effects on our board here that I have not played here. If you listen to the Lockdown Gambling Show, I play a lot of them. Uh, But anyway, enough of me meandering. I wish that I had access to your soundboard because what I would do is I would follow – I would quit my job. I would quit my job and I would put myself into serious debt to follow around Dustin. And every time that he makes a joke – just play that du, 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 du. throughout the day. You just have yeah. me in the background. That would be wonderful. <laughs> all right. So top right. five surprises. Number five, we will go five to one for all of our lists. Number five, Alec. I'm going to go number five that Lamar Jackson has not signed an extension yet. What are the, what are the yeah. Ravens waiting for? I mean, this is one of the most talented players in the league. And you're just not going to extend him. Guess what, buddy? Today's price ain't tomorrow's price. And they're going to end up losing a lot more money over this. I'm telling you that right now. He's Number three right now. He is. I think so. He has the most touchdowns out of any single player in the league, I think. And I saw a stat today. His 12 total touchdowns are more than, 
I think everyone in the league, like every team in the league. I th- so I, he's my MVP at this point. Yeah. Brings me to number four, the Detroit Lions success. God, they look like a legitimate team. I've always wanted to believe in uh, Dan Campbell just because he's a hilarious character. I mean, this dude is like a character. <laughs> Yeah, he's the dog, man. He is like a caricature of Detroit. I love more. I, I love Dan Campbell. I'm glad that the Lions are succeeding. I hope that they lose twice this year to the Packers, of course. But that's my number. My number four. Let's number- be real. Can, just to stay in the Lions for a second, I'm sweating those games out. Like those aren't going to be fun games. They looked good against the Vikings, man. I thought they were going to pull it off. They should have. Yeah, they really should have. Number three, uh, the Vegas Raiders looking borderline terrible. Listen, guys, they have so much talent on their roster. Derek Carr, while I know he isn't uh, an elite quarterback or a Hall of Fame quarterback, sorry, I hate to throw shots, but shots need to be thrown. Um, He is a good quarterback. Devontae Adams, one of the best in the league. Josh Jacobs, I thought was going to have a big back year. Their defense has talent. I mean, you, you would think that they would be successful. I'm not really sure what's holding them back. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, they have more than enough talent. Is it the coaching? It could be McDaniels. He wasn't successful on his own the first time. It doesn't seem he's successful on his own the second time. Just That's a thought. Number two. How terrible the Denver Broncos are. You've got one of the best offensive coordinators in the past, in the recent years, as your head coach. I mean, I thought that he was going to be a stud going into Denver. You've got Ron coming in. And, I mean, they signed him to an extension before the season even began. I thought that that would have shown that he was having some successes in the early days. They've got Judy. They've got Sutton. They've got Melvin Gordon, who's not a superstar anymore, but is good. And that defense is still tough. I just, I can't understand how they're so mediocre. And, yeah. And my number one for this year. Wait for it. It's the most. Oh man, I chose this one, this category, just for this pick, and I can't. Don't tell me you forgot it. I did forget it. Problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! Y'all, that's embarrassing. (laughs) Oh, the Miami Dolphins. Okay, there we go. Dude, Miami might be the best team in the league. Who would have thought that? Week three, that Miami would have been the best team in the league. Tua looking really pretty good, man. He's got Jalen Waddle, who is a dog. He's got Tyree Kill, who is an absolute menace out there. And I don't know, their their team just looks as solid as anybody out there. I I'm right there with you, and actually, I do have the Dolphins on my list. I was quick writing down my top five, so I didn't forget. Um, but yeah, no, and. If you want to have the Dolphins conversation now, absolutely. You're absolutely right. They got weapons galore. That defense is legit. And, I mean, this is going to sound dumb, but it's true. They have weather on their side because, again, the Bills were in the blazing sun getting cooked like rotisserie chickens for three hours, and they had nothing at the end. When's the last time you saw a quarterback with that strength, the arm strength of Josh Allen, just throwing into the dirt when he had a wide-open touchdown to win the game? Like, they were gassed. They had nothing left. So they also have weather on their side. But they had that huge comeback against Baltimore. Then they got one out against the Bills. Now they um, – and gambling show, we talked about this. I don't think they're going to win tomorrow. I think that's just a really tough spot for them to be in to go to Cincinnati. But still, the fact that they're 3-0 and when their schedule was so tough, they could easily, easily, just based on the names on the schedule alone, be 1-2 and two right now. And I don't think anyone would be surprised. Or even 0-3. But they have come out, taken care of business. And so, yes, the Dolphins were three on my list. Spoiler alert. Dustin, what say you? Actually, no, it's time. It's your turn. You can either comment on the Dolphins or give us your top five. You want me to give me my top five? 
Top five. Let's go, buddy. Sure. And yes, the Dolphins, I think, are going to probably make my list as well. This is actually a tough list because I can go a lot of ways with this right now. I can go a lot of ways, but we'll start off at number five. We're going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. Boy, do they stink. I mean, They're yeah, they pulled, they pulled out a lucky win against Kansas City. Let's all calm down. Everyone in Indianapolis, let's calm down. They still suck. I promise you they're not good. They are not good. If, if it wasn't for a ridiculous personal foul on fourth down, they would have never won that game. That was the most BS personal foul call. I mean, and I've, I'm guilty of it. You know, of a couple weeks ago, we're not going to go into detail. But, uh, <laughs> we're not going to go into detail, but uh, uh, it was it was dumb. Like it was literally like two guys having interaction. They were both walking away, and the refs like just throws it for for no reason. Like I, there was clearly nothing malicious said. Like both guys are calm and they're walking away. Like fifteen yard automatic first down, and they win the game because of it. Like just a bad call. Uh, okay, and moving on, number four. Hmm, it's going to get tough now. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Broncos. I'm gonna say the Broncos. I think I think Al kind of hit on all all subjects on that one. I think everyone thought they're gonna be good, and they're just not. Like they just can't put it together. Like on both sides of the ball, really, they're just not. Like their their defense obviously better than their offense right now, but there's like even their defense isn't kind of as good as what people thought they were gonna be. They're just not not a great football team right now. I and oh, I again I. We'll give my list after you, and I don't want to cut you off, even though I just did. Uh, there's one specific element for the Colts or the Colts, the the Broncos that we have not touched on yet. That's my number four. Uh, well, okay, let's just get into this. So my number five Colts. We'll we'll just alternate back and forth because I think you and I have are going to have very similar lists. Probably. Uh, yeah. So Colts sucking. I guess they're pretty banged up, but you tie against Houston. You probably should have won that game. You pull one out of your butts against Kansas City. Kansas City should have won by three touchdowns. It just – the team's not very good, and that's all I have to say on that. They're not very good. They don't use Jonathan Taylor the way they did last year, which is super weird. He's just not effective. Uh, Michael Pittman, when healthy, has been awesome, but they're propping up the corpse of Matt Ryan at this point, and it's pretty – it's just sad to kind of watch. Uh, my number four, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. His name sounds like a Civil War general – but he is a terrible head And Look, I get it. He's around Aaron Rodgers. All the people that are around Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur have were taken away from the team this year. I get that, and I understand why. You always want the hot new thing. This dude, through three weeks, literally, and I'm not kidding, this is a real thing that happened, hired a consultant to help him with game management decisions. When is the last time you heard a coach, head football coach, uh, now props to him. He came out, he said it, he's getting help. That's crazy, but good for him because he realized, oh, I have a problem here and he's fixing it. Good for you, Nathaniel Hackett. I just, I, that whole thing is bizarre to me, but anyway, so yeah, Nathaniel Hackett, we don't have to bang on the Broncos anymore, but holy that's man, that's rough. I think the problem, the part of the problem is with Hackett is that he decided to be a Nathaniel Instead of yep. being an eight or a Nathan, well, yep. why drag it out, man? What's up with this Nathaniel nonsense? Yep. Be a Nate, be a Nathan, be a normal human being. How about that? All right, Dusty, continue. Well, Dustin, you're number three as we alternate. Back. <laughs> Just goes to personally attack Hackett. <laughs> For his name, that sounds like a Civil War general. Yep. All right, uh, number three, I'm going to go with Miami Dolphins. I also had the my hold on. I also had the Miami Dolphins. At the- <laughs> I'm guessing we got the exact same list. I think we. Well, have the I'm hoping you don't have two, and one you might have, but two, there's no way you have. I would guarantee it. But anyway, your take on the Dolphins? Maybe you never know. But yeah, Dolphins. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to put them at one because we're only at week three. You know, like they're having a good season. They kind of like to me. They got some lucky wins where they probably shouldn't have pulled it out. Whatever, but. They're winning football games at the end of the day, so it's a little surprising to see them start 3-0 and against three pretty really good teams. So that's my number three. Yep, same here. I, we already kind of touched. Weapons galore. They won two really tough games, One, both of which you could argue they shouldn't have won. Uh, so maybe it's luck, maybe it's talent, but we kind of expected this team to be better than they were last year, especially when you bring in a guy like Tyree Kill. Jalen Waddle was there last year, and 
I mean, right away was impactful. So, yeah, and obviously Xavier Howard on defense is a legit number one corner. May I, dare I say, a lockdown corner? Who said it? Who said it? <laughs> so, look, they're de- they got talent up and down the board. Mike McDaniel has shown that he's a very creative. I mean, he's from the Shanahan tree, so he's got definitely <clears throat> knows how to run the ball. And the running game actually hasn't even been that impressive. It's been the passing game. So, Tua seems to be taking a step forward. Not a giant one, but he's definitely serviceable. Um, here's a random question for you guys. Would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo or Tua Tungavailoa right now? Tua. Tua. Won't I, even take, I take Tua. Uh, it's, it's a toss-up. I give the edge to Tua. I think it's closer than we think, but I'd still go with Tua. It's, it is pretty close. Because, like, let's be honest, like, Tua has improved, but he has a lot of good receivers and talent around him. He has a lot of talent around him. Garoppolo has talent, but not nearly what he has. I think they're similar players, but I, I'll give two of the edge. I think he's played better so far. Alec, you got a weird look on your face. Explain <laughs> yourself, sir. He doesn't have as much talent around him. Garoppolo has maybe the most talented receiver in the league, Debo Samuel. He's got George Kittle, who might be the best tight end in the league. Yeah, I mean, he's got Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk's one of the best young receivers in the league. I would take Ayuk and Samuel – over Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Oh, get out of here. Oh. For sure, yeah. dude. Yeah. Are you doing bit right now? You can't I, be serious. I don't do bits. Lone Wolf, there's no shot you believe that. Dude, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Debo the salesman telling us he doesn't do bits. Whatever. Yeah. Get out of town. This has got to be a bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, Debo Samuel. He's one of the best receivers in the league for the past like two years, man. He's a great gadget player. He can for kill. So okay, let's cancel those two out. Who would you rather have then? Ayuk or Waddle? All right. I think that it's close. I would slightly take Waddle, but I think that Debo Samuel has so much more talent than Tyreek Hill that it makes up for the gap between Waddle and Brandon. Mm. I I do. Wow, bro. Back on Tyree Kill. I really like Tyree Kill. I really do. But I think that his speed makes up for a lack of precise route running. And I think that he is a limited player in that he can only play wide receiver, whereas Debo Samuel is also a lead in the backfield. Fair enough, but that's not a fair thing to say because no one can do what Debo Samuel does at that size and that speed. Exactly. So he's more talented, yes? Maybe just nobody can do what he can. AJ Brault. More talented is oh, that's a tough one. I just think he's bigger. <laughs> I, that's that's nothing that's not talent related. That's just God related. Like he can't do anything about Tyree Hill can't do anything about being 5'10 or whatever he is. And Debo looks like he was chiseled out of marble and should be on Mount Olympus. So like, he's be- yeah, he's better than God given. God given plus talent equals better than Tyree Hill, I guess. I guess I backed myself into a corner, even though I still don't believe it. Anywho, all right. So, Dustin, I gave her number three. So, Dustin, you're number two. I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, just how how do they stink for what they have? Like, how, how are they terrible? That's just my only question. Like, you again, it's just like what Alex said. You supposedly have a Hall of Fame quarterback, or you went to a new Hall of Fame quarterback who is 0-3 on the season. So... How and you have the best wide receiver? Granted, let's be honest. Besides Devontae Adams, they have no freaking receivers whatsoever. They have that Mac Hollins when he went off for a crazy 160 yards. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like, where did he come from? Did he come? Like, do they go to the corner and watch Vegas? Like, hey, can you play football? He was playing the slots. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> He's sitting there slotting down. And they're like, hey, heard you play football in high school. <laughs> He was sitting at the Bellagio playing the slots. Ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Dusty, I mean, is Hunter Renfro, is he playing? No, I think he was hurt last game. He was hurt last week, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they do have Ren- Renfro, but still, it's just like their defense was supposed to be all this and, like, all doing these great things, and just, their defense just isn't good. Like, they just can't – they just can't put it together as a team. Like, granted, I think – I think Josh McDaniels kind of sucks, honestly, as a head coach. I just don't think he's a good head coach. He's a good offense coordinator, just not a good head coach. Agreed. That that, that was going to be my rebuttal, and that's really all I have here. Talent-wise, 
They should be fine. Now, they they could have beaten the Chargers week one. Okay. They could have won this past week. They played like garbage to start, but I mean they were in that game at the end. So I it's a tough 0-3, but I, I can't remember what coach said it. You're you are what your record says you are. And they're an 0-3 team. And I honestly believe it's Josh McDaniels. Apparently, Josh McDaniels has already had a closed door meeting with the owner, Mark Davis. So that's never a good sign. Um but anyway, so my number two, I'm excited to talk about this one. My number two. The Atlanta Falcons are fun. Look, they might not be great. They're not world beaters by any means. How about Marcus Mariota? It's kind of fun to watch it. It's like, oh, hey, I remember you. It's like, I kind of, like, I think he's better now than he was in Tennessee. Now, granted, that was years ago. But it's like, oh, okay, Cordero Patterson, we thought maybe just flash in the pan. He's been awesome. Kyle Pitts hasn't even been really used yet, but that's a great weapon to have. Drake London's been really fun. He's been, I mean, he's hit the ground running as a rookie. He's been awesome. Atlanta's pretty fun. I would not want to bet on them ever with my own hard-earned money, but let me tell you, if they're on the TV, I'm not mad. They were on red zone a couple times. I just, I kind of like this Atlanta team. I don't think they're going anywhere, but they're definitely fun. Yeah, I was actually, I was thinking about putting them on my list. I was I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I'm like, Atlanta's pretty fun. What Are they one and two right now? They're one and two, right? Uh, let me double check that uh, while you are an- analyzing the fact. I, yeah, I don't think they're on. I swear they won a game, but yeah, they're a fun team. I mean, they're sticking in every game. Their offense is flashy, fun. They got everything really that they needed as offense. They got Patterson. They got the Algier, the rookie, who I think he's he's got a lot of promise. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Mariota, like they got everything you need. They got a decent offensive line. It's not like spectacular, but it's not bad. It's kind of mid level. But, yeah, they're a fun team to watch. So, update on the Falcons' record. So, week one, they had that close game against New Orleans. They were leading the whole game, and then New Orleans won with a late field goal. Uh, then week two, they were in, facing the Rams. They were down by a bunch and came storming all the way back, so they had a chance to win that game late. Uh, I think Mariota threw a jump ball in the end zone, and it was picked by Ramsey, and that was all she wrote there. But they were in that game to the end. And then this past week, they were in Seattle and won 27-23. So, they're at least in every game. It's just a fun squad. I, Sometimes there's a there's a team every year that we watch and we're just like, oh, they're not very good. But then you watch and you're like, oh, it's kind of a fun squad. It's kind of – I'm trying to think in basketball. I would compare them to, like, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, last year, they were pretty decent. They were a five seed before everyone got hurt and then it fell apart. But it's just you watch these teams and you're like, oh, they're not going to be very good. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's the Atlanta Falcons. All of a sudden you're like, oh, they got some dudes. Darius Garland, Marcus Mariota, like, okay, we got some dudes here. Uh, all right, Dustin, your number one surprise of the 2020 NFL season so far. I got a feeling we got the same number one as well. I got a feeling we do. The Jacksonville Jaguars. No, oh. well, I actually forgot about them. I was going to put them on my list, but honestly, I thought you two were going to have the Jags, so I'm glad we're having this conversation now because that oh. is not my number one. Yeah, I mean, how are they a good football team? Like, by no means should this team be good. Like, their number one receiver is Christian Kirk. How are they a good football team with Christian Kirk? But he has been like, I was watching the Pat McAfee show, I think it was two days ago, and they said it. They're like, he's balling right now. Like, he is like the entire offense for them. Obviously, like, uh, James Robinson and ETN Jr. are very good as well. But Kirk, when they need a big play, Kirk is there. Like, he's making play after play after play. And their defense is really good. Like, their defense is really good. Like, I think Doug Peterson is the real deal, and I think Philadelphia firing him was a mistake, like a big mistake. Can we just – Jacksonville being good says one thing to me. The Urban Meyer experience had to have been hell on earth. That's the only explanation because it's the same parts plus Christian Kirk and Trayvon (laughs) Walker, (laughs) and I guess they got ETN back. But would that have made a giant difference? Urban Meyer has to be the worst coach in NFL history. And fun fact, he's tied for third on the Jags' all-time head coaching wins list, and he had three. Fun fact for you. And he got fired in his first season. <laughs> he didn't even make it the full season. Great success. <laughs> Great success. Alec, have any opinions on the Jags? Man, the Jaguars are one of those teams. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of the Atlanta Falcons in that they're fun but I can't bet on him. I have James Robinson 
sitting on my bench in our dynasty league. By the way, I'm three and zero, and I just cannot bring myself to start him to ruin my perfect record. And <laughs> you know, I, I I I just wish that I could trust him a little bit more. But you're right; they are a lot better than I expected. I thought I I thought that Trevor Lawrence was a buzz. I really did. But again, Urban Meyer's fault. Yeah, it is Urban Meyer's fault. Not on me. I, no, not you. Urban yeah. Meyer. Urban Meyer. Yeah. All right. And finally, to wrap up the show, basically, my number one surprise. Jalen Hurts, MVP. I kind, We all kind of thought the Eagles would be all right. Okay, fine. And I already said Lamar's my MVP. But... Golly, Jalen Hurts. We all – this guy can't throw. He's only a runner. How good are the Eagles actually going to be when they got a running quarterback? And he's not the most accurate, but they got all these weapons, blah, 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 blah. This dude has been balling. He has been, at least fantasy-wise, numbers-wise, one of the top two quarterbacks. Lamar's probably first. But top two quarterback. Who would have said that about Jalen Hurts? We were all kind of like, eh, he's a good fantasy quarterback, but not real life. No, he's a legit real-life quarterback now. And if he continues this, and who knows? It's first three games, small sample size. If he continues this through the rest of the year, holy man, did Green Bay's road to the Super Bowl get a lot more difficult. As Philly's got a good defense, and Jalen Hurts is a legit, at this point in time, I don't think he's a front-runner by any means, but a legitimate MVP candidate. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100% sold on Philly yet. I'm not 100% sold. To me, they haven't. They haven't quite faced the adversity I'd like to see yet for me to kind Fair. of fully buy in. And like, yeah. I think you're. I think you're honest. I, mean, I think Jalen Hurts is the real deal. I think he has improved a lot just with his throwing motion. I know someone showed a throwing motion from him last year to this year, and it's just like the pattern and shape. It's completely different. It's much closer to his body, much more efficient, effective, quicker. I mean that alone can set a quarterback out from, you know, mid 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 tier to like above average. Like they can really set a quarterback apart. So we'll see what happens. I think you know these next couple weeks will be a good test for him, and we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think that Jalen is one of the hardest workers at his position in the league. I mean, I remember when he was in college, the workout videos that he used to put out. I mean, he is an absolute madman. He loves to put in that work. I think that he's going to continue to get better and better. Um, however, it is the Eagles. So I think that at some point they will fall apart. But it will not be Jalen Hurts' doing. I think that he's going to do the best that he can with a scrappy bunch until they inevitably fall apart. Well, so Dustin mentioned that they hadn't played anyone great yet. So week one, they're in Detroit. That ended up being a tougher game than they thought, but, I mean, they were dominating that whole game, and all of a sudden the Lions came roaring back, no pun intended. Actually, no, nah, I got to hit myself <laughs> with it. He said it. He said it. Roaring back. That's, uh, yeah, meow. Uh, so, yeah, the Motor City Kitties come all the way back. Then they play primetime Kirk, and we all know primetime Kirk Cousins is terrible. So, I mean, that game was over at halftime. And then they destroyed a pretty – well – I shouldn't even say destroy. That game was actually a lot closer than I thought. So they only won 24 to 8. That game fell out of hand by halftime. So they must have just let up off the gas against Washington. But this week they got Jacksonville. So that actually is a test for them now. Then they go to Arizona. They got Dallas at home. So their next three, they got some. I mean, Arizona's nothing special. I could have put them on my list of surprises too, just that they're not even competitive in a lot of these games. They look kind of lost. Everything's dysfunctional. Um, they're on my outside looking in, I guess, but no, this Philly team are pretty good, but I think they'll, they'll go as far as Jalen Hurts can go. If he has a second half collapse, which I don't think is totally out of the picture. I mean, how many young quarterbacks have we seen? They come out gangbusters and we're like, Oh my God, look at this guy. And it kind of falls off at the end. You just, it's about consistency, but he's been really consistent so far. So that would be my number one. Uh, anything else before we wrap up the show here tonight, gentlemen? I'm seeing shaking heads. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Corner Podcast. If you like what you see here, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. All you got to do is search the Lockdown Corner Podcast. You'll see our logo. Hit that subscribe button. We're finally up over 100. We're at 101 as of this afternoon. It's 
So that's exciting for us. I mean, I know it's only 101 subscribers, but for us little dinky startup here and not really having a bunch of word of mouth, it's a pretty big deal. So thank you to those that have subscribed. If you haven't yet, what are you waiting for? You're getting great stuff like this. Our top five list? Come on, that's the best content we push out. Uh, and also, if you're on YouTube, you can see the Lockdown Gambling Show, which we just did, and wrap that up. Got some good stuff this week as well. Uh, Dustin had a lock of his lock of the week is for the second week in a row with the Green Bay Packers, nine and a half point favorites at home. Is he right? He's one and one so far in his locks. Uh, my also side note, my father is on the show. We call him the parlay kid because all he does is bet parlays and they're giant and they never hit because it's like eight teams and it's just crazy. He bet on Michigan last week, plus like 18 against Maryland. It, I love the man to death. Don't get me wrong, but his gambling habits are, not great. He's all in three in locks. So he also took the Packers nine and a half. So we'll see. I don't feel great about the game now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you'll find all that content on the Lockdown Gambling Show. Um, what am I forgetting? Oh, yeah. Facebook. We also stream there. So make sure you check that out. Alex got the Twitter handle. We talked about that in the beginning of the show. At Corner Lockdown, Alex got the Twitter account all locked up, and he's been doing a great job with that. Instagram, at Lockdown Corner Pod. You can find us there as well. I think that's everything. I think that we're on all the socials. Just find our logo, hit the follow button if you don't already. And that's it. That's going to do it for the show. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week. We will recap the old New England game. And then we go to London next Sunday, 8.30 a.m. Central Time. So that ought to be fun. Um, and who knows? We'll probably do a show during the week. But. Eh, maybe a little live morning live tweeting or live Facebook and which messaging. I don't know. Do the kids call it live Facebooking? Probably not. Any Hoosiers for the eighth time. That's it for us. So long, everybody. Thanks for watching.